The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to On the Bench. I am your host, Brendan Sinone, joined by Chris Snee and a special guest, one that I've been looking forward to for the last week now. We've had him on the docket. We have all sorts of questions lined up. We've asked some, some listeners to throw some questions to ask as well. That is the CEO of Seminole Boosters, Michael Alford. Michael, welcome to On the Bench. How is it going? It's going excellent. How are you doing today? Good. Excited to have you here. Uh, we've had some nice laughs before recording and, and ready to go. I know there's a lot of information that we want to get to and and uh, before I let Chris, because he's our resident like booster expert here on 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 the bench, I have one question for you, uh, and it's going to be try not to blush, but but basically <laughs> I'm going to read your resume here. So you know, prior to here, and then at Central Michigan, you also worked uh, as a uh, let's say collegiate programs like Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, spending time with NFL teams like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's a really extensive resume, Michael. Um, with all that different experiences. What has that taught you about this current job like to lead you to this place here at FSU? And how do you think you can apply all those experiences to to your job as the CEO of, of Seminal Boosters? Well, well, that's a great question, Brennan. And it's one thing and I always point out, I have, I have been lucky and very fortunate um, that I've been able to work with some icons within our within our industry and been able to learn. I mean, I literally just hung up before I called you with Ben Sutton. And uh, did the Sutton Complex, started ISP and IMG, and uh, is coming in to see me about some other things that he wants me to take a look at. From, from learning under a guy like Ben Sutton, who's an icon in collegiate sports and professional sports, um, on the kind of the out of the scene type, uh, type role to the people on the front of the scene and working on, on Mr. Jones's executive staff. To, to work in hand in hand and day and being the right hand of Joe Castiglione at the University of Oklahoma, uh, to the late Mal Moore at the University of Alabama, who who was really a father figure to me and really allowed me to do some things um, and think outside the box. There, you know, you take the philosophies of these people that you've been able and coaches of Coach Carroll and 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 Coach Saban and and Coach Stoops, and you take all these different philosophies that they have and kind of build your own. Uh, if, you know, you always go back and any, anybody you get a chance to work alongside and watch how they do it and observe and go, would I have done it the same way or would I put a different twist on it uh, and do it my way? But it's taking the core philosophies from these great leaders within our industry and then developing your own processes and procedures 
that lead to success. And that's something I've been fortunate enough is to learn from these great people. When someone talks to you about your job and you basically ask you to describe it, the first thing you probably say is fundraising for FSU athletics. That's right. the mission statement, but that's simplistic in the end. How do you describe it when you're talking about it on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis, what you are truly trying to accomplish from beginning to end as you do this job going forward? Yeah. You know, the athletic department is self-supported. Uh, it's not funded really from the university and, and they, the needs to help them achieve success. Uh, when I say they, it, I, I really focus on the student athlete. Uh, and the programs themselves. But for them to have success on and off the field, we need to provide winning edge resources. We, more importantly too, for the student athletes is educational and leadership opportunities. And you're hearing me say that um, all the time because uh, we got more than 500 student athletes. And for us to prepare them in the classroom, uh, provide leadership opportunities for them so they graduate with a meaningful degree from this great institution and go out and have successful lives and business and whatever they want to do with their life. They get their start here. And we couldn't do it without the booster support of being able to provide the resources for them to, to have those opportunities to, to achieve different skill sets, whether it's leadership and, and going through leadership classes, whether it's being able to play on the road. And, and we were talking before we, we got online, just what the philosophy of, of competing at a national level teaches you wins and losses and, and how it shapes your philosophy in life. Just providing those opportunities to these young men and women to go have success afterwards, um, they learn that from here. And we couldn't provide that without the booster support. How do you go about, on the flip side of that, away from the student athlete, when it comes to the actual mm-hmm. booster, the individual who might open up their pocketbook. Right. How, do you, how do you go about navigating that? When you got here and you surveyed the landscape, try to figure out how FSU has operated, you know, Andy Miller ran the operation from 1975 mm-hmm. up until July when you came in. When you kind of surveyed what they had done, what they do, the processes they use, what were some of the takeaways maybe is the best way of putting that, of what you learned about how they do it and how you want to put your fingerprints on how they're going to do it going forward? Yeah, well, you know, Andy's an icon in our industry. Uh, he, he had done such a good job, and and that was one of the draws here. Is this is this is known to be one of the premier fundraising organizations in, in sports, and uh, they've done just a marvelous job. Uh, me coming in, one, I want to take the torch and carry it, right, and, and can continue the improvement that I've done, and and use my processes. And everybody's different, manages different, right. And I just want to take my my uh, skill sets and my experiences of other places and to come here uh, and look at it probably from a different lens and saying, what can we do to make it even better? Uh, look at the staff and, and show them some different processes, the way we're going to do things moving forward and maybe refocus on what we need to do to be successful. And uh, so far, you know, I'm still in that look, listen and learn tour. Of, of talking to all of our donors and finding out what their experience was with the booster organization and finding out what their vision is for the future. So I can kind of put that all together and go to uh, President Thrasher and A.D. Colburn and say, Here, here's the route we're going to go moving forward. And I think these are our priorities that we need to address immediately. And we're, we're almost in that process, stage of that process right now. 
with getting a feel for the boosters, how complicated has that been with the lack of in-person interaction because of 2020 pandemic and everything that comes with it? It's been fine, Chris. I could tell you that the passion, uh, it, which is one of the, another thing that drew me here when when I was talking about uh, to the to people involved about coming to this position, the passion and the commitment and the love for the university is, is very noticeable. And people want to to partner with us to provide better resources, to provide these opportunities for these young men and women. And that has really stood out to me. Um, you know, you know, it's our job to support the educational leadership opportunities for all these athletes and player development, personal development. And, pe- and if you tell our students stories, we got 550 great stories uh, of a lot of men and women who are first time generation college attendees and their family and knowing the impact that is if they, when they graduate here uh, and we graduated 82% of our, which is higher than the student body, a student athlete does. And when you see them graduate and know what a life changing experience that is for not only them personally, but for their family. And you tell these stories, people want to partner to help them achieve their goals. And that's really our message going out to our organization right now. I think the organization raised around $57.4 million in 2018-19. That goes towards endowment of scholarships, yeah. uh, facilities, obviously paying coaches. But in addition that, that to that- service, you know, there's, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's the a list lot of goes on and on. Right. In addition to that money and the primary things that goes to, there's also the ongoing Unconquered campaign and the Renaissance mm-hmm. campaign. Yes, sir. Again, with 2020, everything going on, how, how does that kind of- is it different? I mean, obviously you weren't here for the fundraising of the 2018-19 fiscal year, right. but is fundraising different in today's climate, today's situation, today's world with trying to pull off so many big things at one time, the regular funds as well as the campaigns? Or is it still the same as how booster fundraising has been done, you know, when you're at Central Michigan and prior? Yeah, that, that's a good question, Chris. Um, I can tell you, you always face-to-face is important. Uh, but also we've come and I've sat down with our marketing team here. Who's Daryl, who's uh, and Joanna's done an unbelievable job. Uh, we need to find ways to get our message out. Um, and how that is, is talking to people like yourself, going out and not only face to face with individual donors, but get with people who are in this community who can help us tell the story of the boost organization, where it goes. Um, getting out and just sharing the stories of what our goals are and be very transparent about it. That's one thing you will find from me. One, I'm available and two, I'm transparent. Um, you might not like it, uh, the numbers that I'm going to present, but they are, numbers don't lie and they are what they are. Um, you know, we saw a significant drop when I first got here and started diving into um, the history of the organization. In the last six years, five years, we've lost over 5,000 annual funding. Um, contributors. Uh, that's that's a lot. Uh, we went from being over 15,000 to just a little bit over 9,000 uh, people within the, the booster organization. So that's my main focus right now is to make sure we rebrand ourselves a little bit and working with them and but come up with a very sound plan of getting in front of people and letting them know our story and, and where this financial um, situation is and being transparent about it and then asking for their support. And, and that's, they've done a marvelous job of putting together a platform and, and getting uh, all of our um, organization, people that work within our organization on the same page of going out and sharing that story. You spoke about the numbers of boosters. I know 15K was a higher point. You said it's around about 10, 9 when you got in the mm-hmm. door. 
how essential is having annual boosters knowing essentially that when you're trying to budget and plan, these are the people that you expect to give annually that it's given, kind of giving you a framework of how to go about doing your business. Just how important is it for that number for FSU, not only to get back to where it once was, but to swell further? Yeah, it's, I always say the annual fund is the heartbeat of our organization. If we don't have that growth in those numbers, um, it, it really shows the effects on what we're able to provide to the athletic department because they rely on us at the funding model. So when you see, um, you know, some of the things I noticed when I first got here is not only facilities, but scholarships, but really some of the opportunities we, we have not been able to provide or had to cut back from what we provided our student athletes really is a direct reflection of the annual fund going down. Um, whether that's the nutritional benefits or some of the sports medicine facility needs or some of those we've had to cut back as an organization, when I say organization, athletic department in the last few years because of the annual fund resources not being there. Um, so that that's the key, key to us. It is the heartbeat of the organization. It's the heartbeat of what we're, we're able to do on an annual basis on top of facilities uh, to support winning edge programs. So I can't emphasize it enough how important the annual fund is to get back to those numbers for that year-to-year winning edge resources and educational leadership opportunities that we're able to provide that really gets us up there with our peers who we're competing with on a daily basis and provide those coaches and their staff the, the right resources to fund their programs competitively. When you're talking about where dollars go, is scholarship endowment maybe the most important thing to try to achieve because of the fact that it is such a great cost on an annual basis? Well, it is. It's, it's uh, you know, I call that scholarship endowment general support. Uh, that's the most vital support of the funds, you know, because that's the overall experience for our student athletes and the operating budget. But it goes to support athletic facilities. Uh, you know, we fund about 11 and a half million annually uh, just in facilities on behalf of athletics. Um, and we got two and a half million annually on restricted support, and that's really towards special projects within programs. Um, so there, there's a lot of different funding funding mechanisms within our organization that goes to support the athletic program, and they're all so important. But that general support's about twenty million annually, and that that's really the most vital uh, support of the funds that because that's the overall experience of the student athletes and the operating budget for all the different programs. The FSUAA, the Athletic Association, was created just before your arrival. Yes. But the ability for everybody to kind of be streamlined, how essential is that in just the mechanics of the operation? I, I know you don't know what it was before right. because you didn't experience it, but how important is that where your communication with the president, in this case, John Thrasher, mm-hmm. the athletic director, David Coburn, Board of Trustees, all of the people within the machine, the FSUAA was sort of created to streamline that. Just how have you seen that operate in your time here? I can tell you, and once again, I, I've had that question asked to me in public settings, and I can't talk about the relationships before. I can't talk about what went on. I was not here. Um, I can tell you since my arrival, and even before my arrival, the communication I had with that group um, when we were talking about the oppor- this opportunity and, and how, how great it would be to move to Tallahassee, um, I can tell you the communication has been streamlined. Uh, President Thrasher, A.D. Colburn, uh, Chairman Burr and Chairman Bob Davis of the Boosters, um, the communication on a daily basis between us. And when I say daily, it is literally daily communication that 
uh, we are on the same page. We have the same vision. And um, I can't speak uh, enough good things about the opportunities in the future of this organization. It's, it's some of the best communication. And I've been in various organizations at high levels. And it, it is some of the best daily communication and, and partnership that I've ever been a part of. Coaches at FSU have always talked about how the coaching community here is very tight-knit around the 18 to 20 programs that FSU has. Mm-hmm. How have you kind of fit into that dynamic and gotten to know those people? You know, obviously everybody wants to know about your relationship with Mike Norvell, but Leonard Hamilton, Sue and Brooke over at women's all right. men's and women's golf, men's and women's tennis, just all the sports at FSU they're obviously going to come to you and they're looking for something in yeah. some cases, but also you're building a bond with those people kind of getting a feel for the landscape of the athletic programs they operate. Yes. Uh, I can tell you, I've sat down with everyone and, and I wanted to hear their, their history uh, of relationship with our program, with our organization. And I want them to get to know me a little bit because it is something that's very important to me is to have that relationship. Uh, we're going to make some uh, organizational changes uh, to kind of, better the communication between our organization, the athletic department and the coaching staff and working side by side of having someone that's a day-to-day report of their organization, because we need to know their priorities. And if, if we don't know their priorities, it's hard for us to put together a, an action plan or, or a strategic plan uh, to go out and, and uh, meet those priorities, whether it's, fundraising for a new scoreboard, whether it's a scholarship need or whatever those priorities that the program needs, uh, we didn't know about it. And we want to make sure that day-to-day communication is coming to us so we can put strategic initiatives in place, uh, working alongside A.D. Colburn, because it's very important that he and I are on the same page of here's the strategic uh, initiatives that we see in the future. And here's a three, four, five, seven-year plan of how we're going to address those needs. Um, and that's very important. And we're in that process right now. I can tell you the communication with the coaching staff has been um, welcomed uh, and it will continue to be welcomed because we're going to we're going to be there working side by side with them to give them the funding and the opportunities for them to compete at a very high level. I know in prior jobs, you beyond dealing with people and creating money through boost organizations, you've also done a lot with property rights and right. uh, commercial rights. Obviously, people look in Doug Campbell, they see the wrap around the inner part of the lower part of the ball with the new advertising. Is that an area where when you came in that you want to increase FSU's revenue? And if so, just how do you kind of go about doing that? I know a lot of it's through seminal IMG properties, right. stuff of that sort, but kind of explain that for layman out there. Well, I've been fortunate enough, and it goes back that I've been able to be a part of whether it's concession agreements, and I've negotiated the concession rights everywhere I've been to negotiating the multimedia rights to negotiating all the coaches contracts. And I'm here for AD Colburn uh, right now. My, my uh, job is to, to get our organization going and funding in the right way. Um, but I'm also here for him, whatever he needs me to advise or be a part of and what meetings he needs and to use my experiences for the betterment of the entire department. And, and that's really our relationship. And it's something I cherish. And uh, like I said, the communication between he and I um, on what was the betterment of the entire department and university, I can't speak enough about it. It's It's been a great uh, partnership. Have you, you've injected new ideas, I'm sure, since you're hired. What, what is that like? Because obviously you're walking into a system that's operated the same way for 
four decades under the same person. So what has it been like as you're sitting in those meetings with David, with John, with other individuals yeah. who make decisions, just kind of opening their doors or opening their eyes to new ideas that FSU hasn't done in the past? Uh, it's, it's really, um, you know, taking the history because the history is so important and it's learning what the history uh, of any decision, right? You come in, you don't, you, at a prior decision, you weren't there. So you, you never go back and judge a decision that was made on, you know, the old analysis of Monday morning quarterback, right? Uh, you, you weren't, in, you weren't in there at the time. So it, it's hard. What you can do is say, okay, you know, here's the opportunity we have right now uh, to get better. And where can I use my experiences of other places to say, you know, we had the similar situation at, at uh, the Dallas Cowboys and here's what we did. Here's some something we did that did not work. Looking back, we would have done it this way. Let's try it and move our organization forward by using some of, some of my past experiences that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of. So, and they've been very receptive to any, uh, any idea that I have. And it's once again, the communication and the partnership, I can't speak enough about because it's there on a daily basis. What's the single most important task ahead in the next, you know, six to 12 months for yourself and for boosters? Getting our annual fund back, uh, Chris, to, to the numbers and telling our story. Uh, right now, over the next five to six months, that is the most important initiative I have is, is going out and relaying the benefits to our organization. What We're being transparent, where, where the funding goes and where it's going to help immediately, but also putting a, a plan together because there's some facility needs that needs to occur. And it's, it's putting a fundraising campaign together to assist with the Unconquered or even take the Unconquered campaign to a different level. Uh, with some direct needs. Uh, so we're going through that process right now. I've already hired an architectural firm to come in and help me uh, look at some things that I've used with in the past uh, that knows me and knows my ideas and and my style and to say, look, I, I've identified some needs and let's let's come up with a good performance statement that that will fund these uh, facility enhancements and let's get make sure that our programs, have what they need to compete nationally. And that and that's what we need to be looking at. With regards to facilities, I presume one of the main things you're talking about is a football only type of facility. Really? Correct. Yeah, really? I, that, that's been <laughs> that's that, been kind of that, a hot topic around this that for a few months. <laughs> I, I that has not come across my desk. In <laughs> your past experiences, have you been anywhere where you were a primary part of the construction, the fundraising and the construction of a similar type of facility? Oh, which 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 place do you want me to be? <laughs> I don't know. Did, I, did yeah. you do it at, at Bama, did it at Alabama, Alabama, Central Michigan? Yeah, we did it at Alabama. Uh, you know, you can go far back to the to the Cincinnati Bengals, where I was part of the the tax campaign to get the tax campaign passed with the city to fund Paul Brown Stadium, and then being a, a part of that design. It's I've been fortunate enough to be everything from running a tax campaign and uh, being an integral part of that with the city to to uh, going out and put a performance statement to fund it. You know, we we did the 160 million project at Oklahoma. Um, Coach McElwain, I, I know he's a sore topic around these parts, um, but uh, I had a fortunate enough to have a relationship with him at Alabama uh, when he was our OC when I oversaw football there and 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 the fundraising part and doing some facility enhancements there. But and brought him to Central. We just he just moved into a new facility there. Uh, in September, 
And he's like, Michael, this is better than what I had at my previous institution that's in this same state. And he goes, at the time, this is unbelievable. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to to be have the opportunity to make a difference and put together uh, strategic initiatives that, that give these programs the opportunity and the resources to be successful. And that's why we're here. And not only the programs, because if the programs have success, the student athletes are, are, are having success in the classroom and out of the classroom. And that's what we're here to provide. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Go ahead, Sonona. I, I know you have a couple questions you also want to fire off, so I'll hand the baton off. I, I don't trust Brendan's questions. <laughs> well, you, you shouldn't because they're, <laughs> exactly. listener, they're listener questions, and it's really a disguise for me to ask tougher questions, but to put it all on our message borders, which uh, is next level on, on my end. So uh, only, only a couple of them, though. Uh, this one came up a bunch. We see a lot of uh, quote-unquote grassroots questions. So this one's from Beth Levy 53 asking, uh, being at a place like FSU that doesn't have as old and, and wealthy alumni base as some other schools regionally, uh, what is your plan for more of a grassroots effort for fundraising? Yeah, and that's just, that's a great question. And it is literally, I take a different approach. Um, and I've done this everywhere I've been is we are going to be very personal in our approach. We're going to be very interactive. Um, we're going to get out, as, as Chris was saying earlier, face to face. We're going to be on the phones. We're, we're going to get out and personally tell you our message um, and ask you to partner with us. You know, I tell my staff, OK, no's OK. Um, you know, getting no, but at least we we told the message. We, we told where our vision is for the program, for the student athletes and for this organization. And we're going to ask you to partner with us. And, and hopefully after hearing that vision, people will choose uh, to join our organization and help these student athletes achieve success. Um, so it's going to be a very personal ask, very personal message, because we want we want you to hear the vision from us uh, personally and not anywhere else. So we're going to be very active in in getting out and talking to our fan base. Iowa Noel one asks how COVID all the way or, from Iowa. I uh, know they're all over the place, man. That's so cool. So so he asked how COVID or pandemic has basically forced your hands to use technology. 
uh, when it was maybe previously frowned upon before? Like, has it been effective to, to have like Zoom calls and stuff like this? It has, you know, nothing beats face-to-face, sure. right? And, uh, and nothing will ever beat that where you can sit down and talk to someone. But not only our organization, what it has chosen, one, it's made me use technology a little bit more than I ever had before, uh, which is great. Uh, but it's also going to help us incorporate, if I'm talking to, and I, I forgot the whole, but the gentleman in Iowa, if I'm talking to him and, and I can't get to Iowa uh, to sit down face-to-face, um, you know, we can use this method. Uh, to to be able to look at each other and have this conversation. You know, and it's funny talking to our coaches. It's really not only us helping us recruit boosters uh, to our organization, but how it's changed coaching and recruiting, even along those lines, is that they're going to be using technology more on home visits and when they can use it instead of just the old phone call on the cell phone. Um, They're going to try to set this up so they can – put a face and have a have a conversation across a desk, even though you're eight states away or whatever it is between here and Iowa. Um, we're going to have that conversation across the desk. So I think you're going to see it creep into our daily lives more. And that is, if there is any benefit uh, from this pandemic, I think that's part of the benefit is, is some of the technology and conversations will take place in this format instead of over the phone. I know in the past, maybe even just week or so, the buzz and attention that Seminole Boosters has received over social media, uh, it's been cool for me to to see, and it almost kind of startling, like how how quickly people are buying in, startling in a good way, how quickly people are, are buying in and willing to open up their wallets. Uh, what's it been like for you to see this, again, this grassroots or crowd yeah. source? What's it been like to see that in the last week or so? Well, it goes back to an earlier statement that I said, the, the, it, one, the, we're going to be transparent. Uh, we're always going to let people know where we are. I don't, I don't think our fan base, donor base, alumni, new numbers have dropped off this drastic. Uh, I don't think that message, uh, when, I, when I said it at the Board of Trustees meeting, it was, and I mean, when I showed the pro forma to, to President Thrasher, he was just like, nobody's ever told me this before. <laughs> this is, and we're going to do that with our fan base. It's, it's getting out and just saying, hey, here's where we are. We're going to be transparent about it. And to get back to being able to fund the programs competitively, we need everyone's help. Whether they, and it's truly a one-tribe mission uh, of getting those numbers back up so we can fund these programs at a competitive level. And it's, it's getting out, sharing our vision, sharing our message through all the different formats that we can, whether it's on the phone, whether it's Zoom, whether it's interviews such as this that y'all are so fortunate to have me on that we can get our message out that it's going to take all of us is truly, that's why we named it One Tribe. And we're going to get out and, and just be transparent and say for us to provide winning edge resources, we need everybody to step in at some level. I, I, I'm, uh, I had an older brother go to Florida State before me. My parents were boosters when I was a kid. So I have familiarity from those days. But I think a lot of people always think of boosters as simply you give to the annual fund. It's not that simple. You can also do coaches, clubs, oh, a yes. lot of different ways to go. Maybe explain some of the different avenues people can take if they want to direct their money in a specific manner. There, there's so many different routes, and we and we have all, but I'm, I'm going to speak at the 30,000-foot level. But, yes, you can, you can give the annual fund, which is very important. And when that's uh, – to get technical, that's called an unrestricted gift <laughs> to get technical uh, to it. But that's what goes over annually. That's the vital funds uh, that we provide the operating budget to the, to, uh, the athletic department. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, hey, here's $20 million 
they're going to take that and fund all the sports budgets with that. Um, uh, and I, I don't say where that goes. I negotiate uh, or David and I sit down and say, how much can you send over to us this year? David, I think I can send this. I think I can send that. And that's going to fund the athletic department. Um, and a lot of that just comes from the annual fund. But then you go facilities. Um, you know, we're going to be doing some specialized campaigns um, on facilities. You might have mentioned one earlier. I'm not sure um, uh, that comes across my desk often. But we're going to be out uh, looking at funding facilities to, to get our facilities up to par with who we want to compete against. Um, you know, and, that, and that's really up to us, you know, uh, setting that table of who do you want to compete against? Because that's whether you like it or not, I'm not saying it's, I'm not here to say it's right or if it's wrong. Um, I'm here to say it makes a difference uh, because you see programs that invest in facilities and it, you see the product better and that's, you can go through history and it just happens. Um, so we need to get our, our facilities up to par. And then you have um, restricted support and that those donations go directly towards a specific uh, project within the program. And uh, you can say, hey, I want to give to um, soccer programs, needs a new video board. I, I want to give to soccer. I love what Coach McCurrian's doing uh, to compete at a national level. And I want to support his mission. And those were those coaches clubs kind of come in where they kind of have they can use those funds to, to support their program. So there's a lot of different ways. Uh, and our, as our staff, during when we're relaying our vision, we'll be out um, kind of telling each donor, Here, here's the different opportunities, and you tell us uh, what you want to support. Because regardless of what you support, it makes a difference in what we're able to do and compete. I know fans are always going to complain when a team's losing and football is kind of the bus driver for FSU Athletics. But what has been the feedback from fans away from the actual wins and losses with regards to how Boosters is operating since you've come in? You know, you, you mentioned that some people didn't understand that, you know, booster numbers had dwindled as they had, mm -hmm. for example. Just what's the feedback as you do develop relationships, get to know people, and you guys do it in a bit of a different manner like you have since your arrival that you've gotten back from those you're, you're speaking to? Even if the answer is no from them, what has right. been that feedback? It's been very positive. Uh, once again, I go back, you know, this this was one of the premier fundraising organizations uh, in the country. I'm just bringing my experiences and expertise uh, to see how can I take that torch and make it even better. And uh, the, the conversations have been very positive. Uh, they, they, they love the vision that we're putting forth. Uh, and we talk about the student athletes and how we make a difference. Um, it's, they've been wanting to partner with us. Uh, there's been people who have not been a part of our organization. We called and shared a vision and, and asked them to repartner with us and come back and believe in what we're trying to get accomplished. And they've stepped up. Uh, it goes back to, this is one of the most, um, exciting and passionate fan bases in the country. And when you share that vision, people will partner with you. We just got to get out and tell our story and and then show how you're assisting uh, in making this program better, uh, whether it's wins or losses, whether it's graduation rates or, you know, so so many people just love hearing the story of our young lady in a, in a sport, uh, first time in college and, and her family, uh, first generation and and graduating. And now she's a doctor. <laughs> and we those opportunities provided from those funds and 
Um, once again, we tell our story, we tell our vision, we ask you to partner and more times than not, uh, when, when you see the passion we have, it matches the passion they have and they're going to partner with us to provide these resources. Is it important for fans to feel almost an ownership in it all? At the oh, I want them. Yes. Uh, well, and that goes back to the, to the communication, not just when we ask you to, to partner with us, but we're going to keep you updated. Uh, because it is, it is one tribe. It's all of our programs and, uh, you know, we need to give the resources and, and provide them ownership. They need to be proud when they know they've contributed to a, a soccer scholarship and they see that young lady graduate who, who had their scholarship and went on to have success. And that is ownership. And though, hey, I, I, my, I was able to, to assist in providing those resources for them to be successful. And that's something I want all of our uh, booster and, and fan base and alumni to take ownership and be proud of what all, all the great things we're accomplishing here. For people who aren't familiar with how to become a booster, what are some of the ways they can do it? I know there's the online, there's phone numbers, but give, give your, sell your spill. Yeah. Give your minute. Here you go. I mean, the best is, uh, you know, if you want to see a breakdown of where all the funds to go, you just visit fsu1tribe.com. Uh, you go to seminoboosters.com and that really spells out all the different ways that you can join and how to join. And, uh, and I promise you we're, right now, something we're doing every, every member, especially a new member, we're, we're calling you and thanking you in the next, in the, about two days later, <laughs> within two days and say, thank you. Cause it, it is a commitment. We understand it's a sacrifice for everyone, especially during these times to and to fund these programs and to take money and your hard-earned money and to give it to an organization to help these student athletes and we want you to know where it's going and and be proud of like you said earlier take ownership in it and we want to relay that message and, and be in constant communication with you and thank you along the process michael kind of off going off that point a lot of our subscribers are young 20s, people not too far out of college that maybe don't have a ton of money to throw around right now. Uh, what would you say to them, like to, to how they can become invested and be a part of, of Seminole Boosters and, and how they can take ownership, even if maybe it's not, you know, thousands of dollars that they're throwing in? Oh, I, you know, I, we, we'll take anything, Brandon. <laughs> All right. All right. Whether it's $10 or whether, you know, to join it at our, at our first level, $70 a year, that's five bucks a month. Uh, and you can become a member of our organization. Uh, but we, we literally, there's so many different ways to contribute. Uh, whether we have people who have called me and said, Michael, I can't give right now. I want to volunteer. Can I come by and help and stuff the envelopes? Cause I know how important it is to that. We literally will do anything. Um, and to, to touch base on that, I can tell you that I, I've been successful and we're working on some concepts right now to partner with the alumni association to create a young alumni membership um, where we're partners with our across campus where you're a member of a, uh, the alumni association and a member of a boost organization. And it's more of an educational tool uh, to, to allow you when you first graduate. So the first time you don't hear from us, right, when, you know, when you own this company and you're, you're running it and we say, Hey, we're going to call you and ask you to join now. No, it's creating that membership or that knowledge of the benefits of it early on. And we're even looking at doing some things in the stadium where we have young alumni sitting sections and at a reduced rate that gradually goes up to full membership. So there's some new things, concepts we have coming in the future that we're working on right now to, to put in place here at FSU. And I couldn't be more excited about the outreach we're going to have to 
to that age group and some of the good concepts we have coming in the future. All right, Chris, you good? You have anything else? I'm good. I appreciate taking your time, spreading the message. And I, I feel like FSU Boosters is in the right hands after listening to you speak for the last half hour or so. Well, I really appreciate you guys. As I was mentioning earlier, uh, offline to you two, I, I have a lot of respect for what you are doing, uh, what you're doing on your site, what you're doing uh, on the podcast. I listen to it and uh, you guys are doing a good job. Y'all are hustling. Y'all are, y'all are reporting the news, but more importantly, you're reporting accurately and uh, coming up with great concepts and suggestions and appreciate all you do to help uh, this department, this university and our organization keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Michael. Terrifying that you're listening to the, to the podcast <laughs> and, and, all of our, and all of our antics, but we appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us on the bench. with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.